All right. Well, welcome, guys. We're going to talk more just about really what's going on in this whole uh, uh, thoughts about pandemics and people being furloughed and and uh, the economy and really how to just live above all of that. And it's not a pipe dream. It's really how we're supposed to be living. But uh, we've we've really poorly. I'm saying me, the church uh, in general, pastors, theology, ministries in general, have done a really poor job of of letting know who you are and really what sonship looks like and uh, just trying to fix all that. And so one of the things uh, I wanted to share with you, I'll share some testimonies too. I've got a ton for next week as well. I, I, I just have, I picked three from this week. And what I love is people are really catching this. And even though the world and and all the facts and the economy and everything else would tell you to be worried and, and uh, this is going to be trouble. People are prospering in ways that they never thought because they're going within, they're seeing the life they desire within, which is really sonship is true prayer is going into the secret place of the most high and, uh, and operating from there versus the physical man, what we see and prospering through all of it healthy. Um, and so I want to share some of that with you and, and, uh, a lot of people are wondering where I get types and shadows and things like that. So let me just do a quick review on that as well. So let me just share screen this. This is from <clears throat> Hebrews 10. And this is just Hebrews 10, 1, where uh, with, no matter what translation you look at it, like uh, the law or the Old Testament, Jesus says the law, the Psalms, and the prophets is written about him. And uh, and then Hebrews 10, 1, Hebrews is the book of transition from the old covenant to the new covenant. It literally means the crossovers where it's symbolized in scripture by crossing the river Jordan. And, uh, you know, John the Baptist is on one side of the, of the river and he's eating uh, locusts and honey. But once you cross into the new covenant, into the spirit, it's milk and honey. It's the full thing. So it's not a mixture of the law and grace. And so the law is only a shadow of the good things to come, but not the real thing, not the realities themselves is what Hebrews 10 one says. It can never by those sacrifices offered year after year make perfect or complete whole those who draw near. If it could, would not the offerings have ceased for the worshipers having cleansed once for all would no longer have felt guilt of their sins. So the, really the new covenant, we're supposed to have no reason of ever coming short of God's glory, ever coming short of God's blessing, complete sonship, perfect. And then when we get to Hebrews 11, 1, the very next chapter. So here it says, hey, this law, this old covenant we've been operating on, is not the real thing. In fact, it's just stories. It's types and shadows of something really good to come. But then when we get to Hebrews 11, the very next chapter, it says, now faith is the assurance or title deed, the persuasion of what we hope for and the certainty of what we do not see. And that's, that's basically what Jesus says the whole time, where he says the secret of the kingdom is the Christ, the anointed one, life is within you. And you're the temple of the living God. You're the temple made without hands. And uh, God's presence, this mystery that's been hidden for ages, but is now revealed as Christ or the anointed one is in you in the secret place where you're face to face with God, where the hearts and minds of men carry the anointing of God. And if you live out of that secret man, that inner man, that smooth man that scripture talks about, that's where all life comes. That's why it says guard your hearts and minds, because that's where uh, the spirit, the spiritual part of you is where heaven meets earth. Um, that's where Zoe life flows, where that's where love, prosperity uh, sickness, uh, or health versus sickness, um, 
joy versus sadness, all those things flow out of the heart. That's why it says, if you're going to do anything, guard that. So that's where I get that, just so you know. And uh, um, let me just share a couple things here. First is uh, this sweatshirt. I didn't know if I was going to wear it because it's kind of hot, but it's from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. And uh, it's from my friends Danny and Shana um, in Florida. They came here with Andre and Marianne. I know Stephen and Susan Melton were on the detox cruise with them. They're the ones who put that detox cruise together. And they were at our house and they said they were from Saskatchewan. I said, I would do anything for a Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan sweatshirt. I think that's the, for all you Canadians, uh, not that I don't love you in your city, but I just think that's the coolest, the coolest Canadian name ever, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. If I was, if I could come back in my second life, I'd come back as a baseball player and a hockey professional from Moose Jaw. But anyway, they say, uh, we're the couple that crashed your house from Andre and Marianne. We finally got you the Moose Jaw hoodie. And uh, uh, we continue to listen to your podcast and love it. It says, meanwhile, oh, and they sent me these really cool things. They have they have three shops at Disney World in Florida. If you're ever down there, buy one of these cool things. They're these, these spinners that are really cool in the wind and the sun. And uh, they sent me some of these too. And and one of them has, this one has a, a naked mole rat on it. You probably can't see that in the thing, but <laughs> I, I love that. And so anyway, it says, uh, meanwhile, a mini testimony, we have a small business at Disney World. We realized that the miracle of the business came through our resting and our imagination, but we didn't really, we didn't fully realize that at the time. Your recent messages brought together everything for us. Identity, heaven and earth being one, how it all works and flows is perfect. We have begun to specifically picture and dream of the things we want. Then the coronavirus hits and all these lo- uh, and all of our three locations were shut down overnight when we were sh- and we're stocked more than ever. <clears throat> I don't have an end to this story yet, but I can honestly say I'm in complete peace. The reason is I was already seeing the impossible is done, so nothing changed for us. Danny said somehow this is the path to get from here to there. There being small things like multi-million dollar airplanes for humanitarian aid, et cetera. And we were we were talking about some of those things. So that's really cool. So. I want to share a couple of testimonies too, really about what this whole service is about David and Goliath. It's really about living from within to, uh, to slay all the ideas of, of poverty and, and uh, any life outside of what's in us. And so <clears throat> this is, uh, they asked not to use their names, but this is uh, a couple that says, um, hope all is well with you and your family. Things are great with us. It seemed for a while things got quiet. Our finances were steady, but not above normal. However, we kept seeing the finances increase in our daily imagination. At one point, I began to question, but I could hear the Spirit saying, just trust me, stay with this. Stay with this feeling. It is as if it, I was being trained by God to trust no matter what, and we did. Then she broke, and the finances began to pour in. I mean pour in from sources I never expected. Just today I received X. They lift an amount in the mail. And last week we received X. It's real, brother. Please don't use their names, but uh, uh, here's who they are. So that's really cool. Um, and this is from my friend Chris Abeda. He uh, has a financial services company here. And, um, he had asked not to use the client's name, but this is kind of cool because a lot of you guys might be in this boat. <clears throat> so he had a client that just purchased a brand new, beautiful home, a custom home. And uh, he was going to list his old home. He hadn't sold it yet, right when everything hit, right when the coronavirus hit. And so they couldn't show the house. You know, people weren't. Uh, getting into the house to look at it and so right when he's going to list his old home everything shut down and uh in the natural his client began started to carry started to worry about carrying two mortgages you know gosh he wasn't prepared for this etc and then i love what chris told him he, he said i'm going to teach you how prayer actually works and this is what excites me probably is you guys are taking this and 
<clears throat> sharing the good news, the gospel to people and showing them how to live. So he asked his client how he would feel. He goes, imagine how you would feel when your old house sells and you're free from all that financial pressure. I was talking to Chris live and he goes, he just let out that sigh that, oh man, that would feel amazing. That's what we're always looking for. That, that relief, that joy, that, uh, that love, like, oh God, if you would do that for me, that would be amazing. He goes, that's prayer. See and feel that that's real. And so Chris told him just to picture and feel the house is already sold, not praying for it to be sold. That's where most people, I think, pray. They pray for they pray to an outside God yet, asking God to move and do something for them, where all the prayer scriptures, if you look at the tenses, say, when you pray, believe you already received it, past tense. So all prayer is thanksgiving from the standpoint that your prayer is already answered. You literally possess what you've already asked for. And that's what 1 John 5 is what that says is we know he hears us. And since we know he hears us, we already possess what we've asked for. And uh, Philippians 4 is the same thing as, hey, you know what? See and feel as if it's already done. And the father sees what you do within in the inner place. And he brings it out effortlessly, victoriously with no stress on our own. He literally brings it out. He, it goes to work and, and brings it to pass. And so he said, just picture how you would feel when you have that check of a full price offer in your hands. And so the very first the markets in Colorado opened up last week. And the very first day, uh, the markets opened up, he got a full price offer. And he called Chris and he goes, that's revolutionized how I pray. And exactly. That's how you're going to get answered the prayer. And then and uh, then one more, once more, some of you guys know our friends, James and Rhonda, they own a, uh, a wing shop here. And she sent me this yesterday. She said, Mike, so excited to share. We had our busiest month so far. Even though we had shorter hours, we were open, only open uh, 29 days. We just hired four new employees. Two are starting this week and the other student money. On top of all that, we just received notice this morning. We're approved for the PPP grant and we'll have that money in, in the next three days. Praising Jesus. Love you guys. You can't wait to see. I've got a bunch more I'm going to share next week. But people are prospering through all this, guys. And, uh, and I, I think I can share as I go through this, the giants, really these, um, the Philistines, as I'll show you directly in scripture where it means to be cast down the lowly mind wallowing out in the dirt and mud where the beloved son David literally means the beloved son is to look from above look at spiritual things about you and what you do in the spirit what you see in the spirit is what's going to happen regardless of what's going on in the economy regardless if if 10,000 people fall on your side because of the pandemic guys you, you'll walk right through it and so um that's that's a reality. It's not pipe dream. That's how we're supposed to live is live from within. And so I'm just going to read you this briefly, what I wrote, because uh, I really think it's everything. And so the story of David and Goliath is really a story of living from within, knowing you're our beloved son. In the midst of economic challenges, worries of pandemics, you can live free. You can live from the anointing within, live a life of health, happiness, and financial freedom. All we need to do is draw it from the inner man, from within. We, there's riches. That's the riches. That's the secret of the kingdom. That's the parable of the parable that Jesus came to reveal that instead of looking for God outside, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? It says, be a doer of the word, meaning don't go and being a doer of the word means when you walk away, you don't forget who you were. When you looked at yourself, you saw perfection. You saw perfect union between you, the father, son, the Holy spirit, Christ in you and you're in him. And so when we think of David and Goliath, most of us, most of us have images of a small boy taking out his wrist rocket and hitting the giant with a literal stone. 
remember, as I just showed you, the Old Testament stories are types and shadows of good things to come, but they're not the real thing. There's a, there's a deeper meaning of faith in there, a spiritual meaning. When we look at the Hebrew letters and meanings within Scripture, we find a much more beautiful truth. So what is this? This Goliath is a Philistine. And I'll show you this. Philistine is from the root word, the Hebrew word palash, which means to worry, fear, self-wallow in the dirt. It's, it's the serpentine mind in the garden where it says it wallows around and, and eats the dirt. It, so it's, it's got his head down and, and, and put down. And it's the same thing like this. Ought this woman who's been bowed down for 18 years, six plus six plus six. Why is she bowed down and her head down looking at the earth? Is she not a daughter of Abraham? Should she not be lifted up and uh, receive her, her healing? So that's really that, all that same idea. So it means to live from the lower cast down mind rather than living out the lifted up mind of love, perfect love, perfect sonship, completion. David's a man after the father's own heart. David literally means to be a beloved son. You can already start to see the beautiful symbolism here. And, and we know that David slays Goliath and he cuts off his head and buries that head. And uh, so cut off the mind of worry, fear, and wallow. That, that mind of worrying, self-doubt, wallowing in the ground, thinking you're not worthy, thinking you're not loved. And live like David did as a son off the father's inheritance, living from within. And then Apostle Paul tells us this victory is not with physical weaponry. He, King James says our weapons aren't carnal, but they're mighty. They're powerful. They have the dunamite power of God. So it says they're not physical, what you think, because the kingdom's within. But the power of the spirit to bring down all strongholds. Strongholds are just ideas that we've accepted as true in the mind. Meaning that if I've been furloughed, if I lost my job, I don't have income. That, that's not true unless you accept that. But if that's what you've been taught, uh, you can pray for it and receive it. That's an interesting thing. So, so let's look at the five smooth stones that David used to bring down the Philistine. The Hebrew letter for five is hay. It's represented by the open window frame. And uh, it means to behold or look at something. And the window frame is empty, meaning you get to choose whatever you want to see in there. And the letter hey literally is the creative power of God to bring out whatever you behold in your mind's eye in the inner man. Thus, it's an open window. There are no limits to the inner man. That's why it says all things are possible. I've set before you life and death. Here's the amazing part. I've given you guys the keys to the kingdom. You get to choose. I've given you my creative ability, the spirit within, to mold and fashion life how you desire it. And he tells us the secret is that Christ, that anointed life is within you. And whatever you choose to picture is what's going to happen. Now, how hard is that? That's effortless. That's grace. That's the letter hey. So the creative power of God to bring about whatever you behold in the mind's eye. There are no limits. The window is open. You get to choose. What would be the happy and joyous outcome to whatever challenge you face right now? That's pretty simple, guys, really. If you, if you need income because you've been laid off or your business is supposedly in an economy that's going to be affected by um, the shutdown, you can accept that. You can let life happen to you, or you can change what you see and go, you know what? All things work together for my good. I'm going to start seeing my life how I want it. I'm going to start seeing that same amount of money come in in ways I don't need to know how, and it's going to come into me. So whatever you choose to focus on in your mind's eye will come to pass. That's the mystery. That's the secret of the kingdom of God or the anointing within. This is living in the glorious liberty of the sons of God. And I just wrote quantum physics calls this the observer effect. It literally means whatever you picture, whatever you focus on comes, comes in the past. Thoughts become things. Whatever you, uh, I've heard it said this way, um, where your focus goes, your energy goes. If you focus on anything, it becomes a reality in your life. So Jesus, quantum physics called it, quantum physics calls this the observer effect. Jesus calls it the kingdom of God. He goes, this is the secret I've given you, this kingdom. 
this royal rule the father has given to his children. That's that word basilius that I've been showing you over and over. It, he says, hey, you know what? Uh, my little flock, don't worry about anything. It's the father's great pleasure to give you the kingdom, to give you his royal rule and reign. He shares his ability with you. The father has given this to his ch- children, you and I. We inherit. We're sons. The inner picture and words we see within releases this creative ability of God to bring it to pass in our lives, effortlessly, victoriously. Now, um, somebody had mentioned that it sounds like it's still focused on what I'm doing. Yes, it's Philippians 4. That's why he says, think on these things. But how hard is that? That's not a work. You mean I can focus on what I desire and it'll come to pass? Yeah, that's faith. That's that's spirit. That's that's the creative ability of God. Now, how hard is that? So now here's what's really interesting. When we look at the, the weapons of David, the, the five smooth stones, the word stone in Hebrew is literally a pillow. So the Philistine was taken down by a pillow fight. So all worry, fear, fear about economics, fear about health, literally comes down by resting your head. What do we do with a pillow? We rest our head. And the word smooth is made up of uh, three Hebrew letters, Chet, Lamed, Kaf. Chet is the inner room or chamber. That's that secret place of the Most High. What you do in there, the Father will see and bring it to pass. Lamed, it's literally a picture of a shepherd's staff, and it means the authority or the leader. Um, uh, it's representative of that authority and leadership of a of a staff and then <clears throat> kof is literally a, a picture if you look at it in the old hebrew it's a it's a straight line with a circle half of it above half of it below the the line and it's representative of the rising sun now remember it says in scripture it says all nature speaks of him so when there's darkness in the land what happens the sun rises, and now you can see. You can see clearly. There's light. You can picture things, etc. And so there's all kinds of symbolism in there. But really, it literally means don't be bowed down, cast down, worrying about where the money's going to come from, whether you're going to get sick or not. And I know people like to they like to get cute, and they go, well, it's just being responsible. That is not responsible, guys. That is living from the fallen mind. And like I said, I know I'm not, I'm, I'm not making any friends here. Um, but I think because we just accept that, like, no, in the old covenant, they said, don't touch, don't feel, don't worry about it. If I touch the leper, it'll jump on me. And scripture says nothing outside of man can defile a man, but what's inside is what defiles a man. So the new covenant, Jesus shows them their error. So instead of instead of uh, um, quarantining the lepers, what does Jesus do? He comes down the mountain, goes straight to the leper, and what's within him flows out of him and cleanses the leper. What's inside has the power to transform what's outside. It's the exact opposite. So I'm going to be hard on that because the same spirit that one person can get Corona or any other thing, if somebody uses that that spirit correctly, that spirit realizes I can't be touched by anything outside of me. In fact, I'm going to go a step further is that I know that anybody gets into my proximity, like Peter and John in the New Testament, even their shadow cleansed people, healed people. They knew what they had. They knew that, you know what? The life of that's flowing out of me, that what I have, that Christ life within me, anywhere I go, and it literally just flows out this land flowing with milk and honey, and whatever I touch becomes clean. And uh, I think I told you that the other day. I saw the lady in Walmart where right when this whole thing started, there's this poor lady, and she's all, she's spraying these carts, and and uh, I could tell she's like, oh my gosh, you know what? I'm, I've got this place where I'm going to, everybody that comes in the store, I'm going to meet because I'm spraying these carts down. And so she goes, hey, do you want a clean cart? I go, no, no, no. I want a dirty cart because I'm building up my immunity. I want to be exposed to it. She's like, what? 
And so I, I just pulled her aside because I could tell she was curious. And I said, you are going to be the healthiest person here because there's not anything outside of a man that defiles him. In fact, the best thing you could do is be exposed to as many people as you can right now. And I'm going to tell you something. The life that's within you is going to heal the people that touch your cart. You're going to be the most healthy person around you. And I just saw her maybe a week ago. And uh, she goes, you're that guy. You're that guy. I said, what? What guy? And uh, she goes, you're the guy who told me that. I've been telling everybody about this, that I'm the healthiest person in Walmart. Now, what a beautiful thing. Versus, well, just do the responsible thing. I know it sounds great and it's so cute, but you lived around the humans too long. You don't know who you are. And so my girlfriend just walked in. She hasn't lived among the humans too long. (laughs) So anyway, uh, yeah, so anyway, so all worry, fear is overcome by resting your head. Lastly, the word smooth is made up of those three Hebrew letters, Chet, Lamed, Kof. And Chet's the inner room, Lamed is the authority, and, and Kuf is a picture of the sun rising on the horizon. It says, you're not to fear, worry, self-wallow in dirt like a Philistine. How you defeat all of that uncertainty, how you defeat all that fear, how you defeat all of that is like David. Get a, get a revelation of the risen sun within you. The sun's rising. I get revelation of my sonship. David means a beloved son. Philistine means to wallow around in pity and focus with your head down on the dirt where sonship defeats him, uh, not with a physical stone, but with rest for your head, knowing that what you do in the inner chamber is the authority of the rising sun within you. And so uh, I'll just show you some of that from scripture now. And, and um, but one thing I did want to do is, because I think this is fitting. I've been telling you on Sunday nights, um, I'm going to go through Joseph Murphy's book, The Power of the Subconscious Mind. And uh, uh, he's got a doctorate in divinity. He uses words like infinite intelligence and and the infinity within, the limitless power within. I I would just say, if you get a little nervous about any of that, it's probably one of the best books I've ever written. My friends, um, Bill and Ann said, man, you sound like Joseph Murphy. And I said, I don't even know who Joseph Murphy is. And uh, so they turned me on to him. And man, it's so good. It's so good. So the power of the subconscious mind, you could just say it's the secret of the kingdom, the parable of parables that Jesus came and goes, let me give you the secret. It's the life hack of Christianity. He said, if I could, if I could give you the secret of how my whole kingdom works, would you want to know it? And of course we would. He says, what you do, your heart is like soil. We don't know how, but the power is in the seed that we plant. So whatever we focus on, the mental images and the pictures we focus on in the heart, we don't have to bring it to pass. We have to know that what we do inside in the secret place in the room, the father sees what we do between the cherubim, the, the, the cerebrum in our brain and our heart. And he brings it to pass. The, the heart is like soil. We get to choose whatever we want to plant there, but you will receive that harvest good or bad. That's the interesting thing. And so uh, I just want to share this with you. We'll go through the preface in chapter one tomorrow night, Sunday night. And some of you guys don't know Sunday nights at six thirty mountain, eight thirty Eastern at freedom ministries. Live freedom ministries. Live. It's the it's a live stream here, and right now I'm just doing it on speaker view and not allowing people to participate. But Sunday nights we can we can share, ask questions, etc. And the password's freedom, and we're going to go through this book over the next month or so. But I want to just this is so applicable to what's going on right now. He says the same spirit that believes you'll catch a cold or a virus or anything else because you come in contact with somebody else is the same spirit that ha- that produces the miraculous healing. And where that dynamite, dunamite power is what's, what the New Testament says. It comes from the inner man, the subconscious mind, the, the kingdom within. And he, he calls it your dark room. He calls it the, the mental images where you're a dark room where you're creating film. 
so many young people don't know even what that is with all the digital now, but they used to have to actually go into a dark room because they didn't want it to be overexposed to light. But because within the pictures you you plant in there is what you're going to reflect on the outside. So your subconscious mind or your heart will accept those truths and bring it <clears throat> bring it to pass, whether it's to be healed and peaceful or to be sick and worried about it. You repeat those thoughts again and again, like a seed, like meditation. After a while, it becomes your second nature. It says, uh, when you become a student of this, which is really just prayer, this is all about prayer and, and the secrets of the kingdom, you will come to believe and know definitely that regardless of the economic situation, stock market fluctuations, depression, strikes, war, uh, coronavirus, lockdowns, all these other things, you will always be amply supplied. Supplied. The reason for this is that you'll convey the idea of wealth to your subconscious mind. You will have supplied the dark room or the, the mental images and words you tell yourself within, and you'll be supplied. You will have convinced the heart that money is forever flowing freely in your life, and there's always a wonderful surplus. There's always a surplus of health. There's always a surplus of blessing. There's always a surplus of economic freedom. This next sentence is so prophetic to me. Should there be a financial collapse of government tomorrow? So I see a lot of people worried about their stock holdings and everything like that. And if you're in a, an industry that does that, guys, I get it. You're going to have lots of clients and different things where your, your customers are nervous about it. But I would tell you this is you know the truth. You sit in the secret place and seeing all of those people get blessed more now as this is all done than they ever have. And that's what will come to pass. Now, the next guy in the same industry, if he doesn't do that, he might, he might be a victim to it. But don't be a victim. Be a son. And so should there be a financial collapse of government tomorrow, all your present holdings become valueless. You will still attract wealth and be cared for because your subconscious darkroom is filled with great new ideas. You don't have to worry about placing your old ones. Begin now to think about whatever things are true, things that are lovely, noble. He's quoting Philippians 4. And you will see those abound in you. Remember that God pronounced everything good and very good. So should you. Thinking this way will give you a new healthy reverence for your thoughts. And you'll find that you'll no longer be a victim of the pictures you thought you had no part in developing. So good. So we'll go through the preface in, in chapter one tomorrow. Now let's get into the scriptures. I'll show you, is this actually real? Does the scriptures of David and Goliath actually show that? And I'll have to go quickly so I don't keep you on here too long. So let's do this. Let me share screen. All right. So I'm going to go to 1 Samuel 17 is, uh, is probably the, the best reference of most of you guys know David and Goliath. I'm going to just read it. I'm going to start through uh, some of the the scriptures and then i'll go back and so i'm going to start in verse four so a champion man named goliath who was from goth came out of the philistine camp his height was six cubits and a span he had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale of armor of bronze that weighed five thousand shekels there's there's a ton of truth in there but i just want to keep going so verse 11 um uh now let me look verse 10 so then this Philistine, remember Philistine means the cast down mine, wallowing around in the dirt, said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give, give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistine's words, so when he heard the message of, oh my gosh, there's an economic crisis. I've been furloughed. My boss called today. I'm being let off. Um, X amount of people just died in the United States, uh, whatever. It says, when people heard those cast down words, when they heard the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. So they're being they're being terrified and start to panic because of stuff they're hearing on the outside. Verse 12, now David, which I'll show you, means the beloved son. So he's not a cast down looking at the dirt. He knows he's a son. 
So David was the son of Ephrata, which means fruitfulness, named Jesse, who is from Bethlehem. It's the house of bread or the food within in Judah, which means praise. Jesse had eight sons. Now, eight is always the number of new beginnings. Eight is the Hebrew letter Chet. It's the inner man again. So meaning that he had eight spiritual sons. Now, Saul, and in Saul's time, he was very old. Now, Saul, I've showed you this, is when Saul got revelation, when he saw a great light, he became Paul. So Shaul in Hebrew means a devouring God, Old Testament God, thinking he's going to kill people and everything else. And when he saw the great light, when the scales came off, he became a proclaiming God of the very good news. It's the shin, the consuming God, the old covenant's passing away, and proclamation of the incredible good news is going on. So he had eight sons. That means something. And you'll notice that uh, you won't see like um, 19 sons or 17 sons. You'll always say the sixth day is the number of man. Seventh day is the number of perfection. And then eighth day is living in completion in the inner room, living in completion of the New Testament. You you don't see um, on the ninth day, on the 10th day, on the 11th day, there's a reason all these numbers show up over and over and over and over and over in scripture because they mean something in Hebrew. Remember, this is a, this is an Eastern book. And unfortunately, most Bible schools and Westerners are trying to interpret it from literalness in a Western mind. And it, <laughs> it doesn't work well. And so uh, uh, we're trying to do things with scripture that's never meant to do. And so anyway, uh, but David knew he was a beloved son. And uh, then I want to go down to verse 40, where this is where his weapons are. And then we'll, we'll dig into, I'll show you actually all this in Hebrew, where it really is. <clears throat> and so, uh, well, one thing that's pretty interesting too, is when, when Saul wanted to give uh, David his armor, remember his armor was made of bronze. Bronze is mixture. Bronze is not a pure metal. It's not silver and gold, which is the currency of God. Bronze is, looks like gold. The law looks pretty good, but it produces no fruit, just like the uh, the sycamore tree or the fig tree. Hey, it looks good, but there's no fruit on it. And so he goes, I'm not familiar with that because I only know that I'm a beloved son, so I'm not going to use that kind of armor. So anyway, verse 40, it says, uh, then he took his staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones, and I'll show you that. And that's what's going to slay the Philistine. And if we look down at 45, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword, spear, and javelin. Remember in the New Covenant, Apostle Paul says our weapons are not carnal. They're not swords, spears, and javelins, but they are mighty. And I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty God. So meaning that uh, he knew the, the kaleo in Hebrew or in Greek, he knew he had the surname. He was born from God. He actually was an inheritor of the God's family. He was like God. He actually inherited everything Jesus and God had. And so, and then if we get down to verse 45, like I said, you come with me in sword, spirit, javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. And then what's really interesting, if we get down to verse 49, it says, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, meaning that this bad news, this cast down mind, this worrying, worrying about uh, self-wallowing, oh my gosh, the economy, this, the, the whatever, really doesn't matter. Sonship, the beloved son ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag, he took out a stone. Literally, that's that word, pillow. That rest for your head. And he slung it and struck that cast down mind where? In the forehead. It all has to do with the inner man. So now let's get into this a little bit. I want to show you this. Just, just so you know, I'm not lying. Where If we look at it just in the physical, we kind of miss it. We think there's this young shepherd guy. He's literally got a wrist rocket. And he's flinging his stone, etc. But he, remember, these are types and shadows. They aren't, these aren't the reality. Faith or the spiritual truth in these scriptures is the true thing is what scripture said. That's how you're 
intended to read it. So I'm just going to go through um, uh, 1 Samuel 17.4 initially. And uh, I'm just in the interlinear here, guys. If you, I'm going to move this over. If you don't know what that is, is uh, I'm in Bible Hub. You can click on King James or New Living, whatever you want to do. And then if you want to know, hey, what does the Hebrew say in the Old Testament or what does the Greek say in the New Testament? You just click on this interlinear right here and it'll pop it up. Now, this is 1 Samuel 17, 4, obviously the Old Covenant, so it's Hebrew, unless you're in the Septuagint. The Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Old Covenant, which is really interesting, too. There actually is a Septuagint in here where you can look at. And so he went out a champion man from the camp of the Philistines. So what does champion mean? We think it's this champion, this amazing, strong guy, but, huh, this is a type and shadow. There's a hidden meaning in here. So if I click on that, it's from... The root bayin, ben yaim, uh, if you add the, the yad mem to something, it makes it plural. So ben means double. If you, even if you look at uh, Young's literal translation, it says duality, double. Now, where do we see this idea of double? We see that it's double-minded, like James talked about. Hey, the tree, not of the tree of life, which is singular focus, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, duality meaning that the, he's good and he's evil. He goes, so this man's double-minded and uh, he's double-spaced is literally what it says. But he came from the Philistines. So what does Philistine look at? And this is how I do it. I just start looking at what does it actually mean? So it's from the Hebrew word pelasheth. The root word is palash. And if we look at that, perhaps to roll in, act of mourning. So this guy is double-minded, which causes him to mourn. It causes him to roll around. And if we get down you know, it gives you all the different translations. And then it says the act of mourning, possibly to roll in, roll in dust, the, the cast down minds. Isn't that interesting? So, and if we look at Strong's, it says roll, wallow, self, the primitive root to roll in the dust, the cast down mind, the, the serpent rolls around in the dust. So roll, wallow, self. That's interesting. So a double-minded man is thinking, oh, I don't, I'm not worthy to, to, uh, to receive man maybe god won't answer my prayer that's double-minded that's the champion man that came out of the philistines now goliath i'm not going to get into it but literally means the unveiler and cover which is kind of interesting so when we get to the book of revelation it says the apocalypsis of jesus christ is the unveiling of jesus christ not the unveiling of the antichrist most christians are focusing on antichrist and antichrist they they, they interpret it as anti-god antichrist literally means when i see that man on the street i deny that the anointing of god is in flesh that was a Gnostic idea that anything earthly is bad. Don't eat, don't touch, don't do this. It's, it's of the world. That's, that's antichrist. That's Gnostic. That's meaning that my flesh, my everything in me, my, my little body, not the fleshly nature where I'm depending on my own efforts, which is a different kind of flesh is it's holy. It's set apart. It's, it's within. And so the antichrist spirit is to deny the anointing of, of the life of God within mankind. And so, was named from God. Now, this is what's interesting. Whose height was six cubits and a span. Now, remember, numbers mean something in Hebrew. Don't take it as literal. And height and all these different things. So it's kind of, um, it's a little bit sad to me because I see Christians, well-meaning Christians. I know we were brought up like this. And, and uh, because they're so desperate to prove the, the literalness of scripture, like I remember seeing all the stuff in church. I'm looking at my wife. And uh, they have these like um, Raiders of the Lost Ark scientists uncovering some bone in the Middle East and going, look, this is proof of the giants. 
like oh, this is proof of these huge men i'm like that may be but it's not what scripture is talking about scripture says that's just a type and shadow so let's look at this height six cubits span so remember what we're talking about now a double-minded man that wallows around in self-pity and worry <clears throat> whose height is six cubits and a span whose height now let's look at that word whose height height what, what do we think about height then we got to go into the hebrew gaba what is gaba so this is put it's interesting to be exalted um high lifted up and if we go back there's there's even some more roots in there if you re- really want to look the height of building exaltation grandness haughtiness uh elation grandeur arrogance excellency haughty height from the hebrew gaba so think about this as when we elevate and then the next word here is six now some of you guys if you listen to me long enough we should know what six means the giants all had six fingers. They had six toes. It was all man's effort, religion. If I do these things well enough, I'll be complete in God. And to Jesus says, all of that, all that teaching that you must do something versus just inherit from the Father is the thief. Jesus goes, everybody that's come before me, the law, the Psalms, the prophets, everybody that's comes before me and is trying to enter into the kingdom any other way is a thief. Meaning this, they're trying to get you to earn by your own efforts, the number six, what you already are by design. You already were a son. You know, in the garden narrative, Adam and Eve, uh, that whole narrative, when they listened to the serpent who was wallowing around the cast down mind, literally is what that means, looking at the dirt, wallowing around, um, they didn't realize they were already sons. They didn't realize they were already perfect in him. And so they're getting you trying to earn what you already freely have. That's stealing from you. That's the thief is what he says. So six is man's efforts. So when you elevate your efforts, now what's a cubit? Now I see all these people like a cubit is this much and they're trying to measure all these things and they're measuring Noah's Ark and all these different things. Let's look at what a cubit is. If they would just look instead of reading it literally, a cubit from the same as M. If we look at M, it's the same thing as, huh, a mother. So a cubit means mother. So mothers do what with the seed? They give birth. So when you elevate, Man's efforts, it gives birth to something. Now, what does it give birth to? A span. Now, if we look at span, this is pretty interesting too. So we look at span. Zareth. All right. Uncertain derivation gives you all these different things. Span. Um, from Zarah. Let's look at what, what does Zarah mean? From the Hebrew word Zarah. To scatter. So if something's scattered, it's not entwined and unified. That says, those who wait on the Lord are entwined. They're not scattered. It means to fan, to winnow. And you'll see this word in the Greek in the New Testament where Jesus is talking to Peter. And he says, Peter, the, the, the fallen mind, the adversary wishes to, if you go look at that word, it literally means to winnow, to scatter, to separate you from me. But I've prayed for you that your faith will fail not. Meaning that you'll realize you're a son, that you could do nothing. I know you, you, you triple denied me and, and triple means complete, perfect, complete denial. So when he has Peter do it three times in the New Testament, he goes to complete restoration. So three, that's really an interesting thing. Three is almost like the number seven in Hebrew. So he goes, when you exalt your own efforts and you're sitting down wallowing around, it gives birth to scatteredness and fanning, winnowness versus completeness and wholeness. Now, isn't that interesting? So now let's go look at... uh, uh, the smooth stones and, and all that, and then we'll finish it up. So I just want, I can't show you all this, but 
So I'm going to go down to verse 40 because this is where he picks out five smooth stones. So remember that the secret of the kingdom is what's within. And the parable of parables is what you plant in your heart becomes. What you picture in the words you tell yourself within is the secret of the kingdom of God. It's the, it's the Christ life. It's the anointing within. So all these stories have to somehow fit there. So even though we see literally David with a, a slingshot and five smooth stones, and I see people, go, yeah, you know, the Hebrews, they were so skilled in their, in their slingshots and all this. I go, that may be, but that's not what the story is talking about. Because uh, a five-year-old has to be able to enter the kingdom. And I doubt a five-year-old has mastered a slingshot yet. And so they're, they're missing the whole story, in my opinion. But that's, that's for another day. So <clears throat> let's look at verse 40. All right. And he took in his staff and he chose for himself five. Five, like I said, is, is uh, the Hebrew letter hey. It's an open window, meaning that whatever you behold becomes. Thoughts become things. Quantum physics says there's this crazy part that we can't really figure out, but the whole world is interconnected. We'll go, yep, everything's contained in the spirit. And it operates on, on gratitude and love. When we don't operate in gratitude and love, there's misery, there's depression, there's coronavirus. We created that, guys. It's not God or anything else doing it. We created it. He goes, I've created everything good. Now, what you guys do with it, because I've given you the dominion over the whole earth, we've created it. And so that's a whole, that's an interesting talk, too, when I was pre-med, when they were trying to describe a virus to me. But I don't have time for that now. And I'm like, oh, that's so weird how they were trying to describe it. But any five is the, the grace of God, the hay of God. It's whatever we picture. It's the spirit realm. Smooth. Let's look at smooth. What does smooth mean? And we see references to this in the Old Covenant, too, where it says, uh, uh, I hated Esau, the hairy man, the external man, but I love Jacob. Now, does love hate anybody? See, this is where if we take it literally, we really create some theological problems for us. And we, be, we have an angry God, meaning that God's for us because we're on his side, but uh, he's against everybody else. We get all that because of the old Old covenant, the, the shadow is not the real thing. And we see an angry God in there. And all of it, guys, I'm telling you, is a story about the inner struggle within us, about what we see, our inheritance and, and the livelihood. We don't have to react to everything going on around us. He's given us authority within. Sonship comes from within. The blessings on the second man, the smooth man. Jake or uh, Esau was the hairy man, but Jacob was the smooth man is what it says. And so anyway, it's this word, kaluk. And if we look at it, um, smooth, uh, it's pretty, it's an, it's a really interesting thing. Um, it's three Hebrew letters and I didn't write all this out, but just trust me on this. You can go look them up. So it's Chaluk or Kaluk. It's Chet, Lamed, Kuf. And Chet means the inner man. <clears throat> Lamed is the staff or the shepherd staff or authority and Kuf, this, this Kuf is that sun rising on the horizon. And so the smooth, how he's going to defeat it is the grace of God is in your inner man is the authority of the risen sun is how he defeats the Philistine, which is the cast on mind. I have to worry about where my money's going to come from. I have to worry about whether I'm going to get sick or not. The defeat comes from that, which is really interesting. <clears throat> so five smooth stones. That's the last one I'll do and we'll, we'll finish this up. So what's a stone? Now we think if we take it literally again, we think we see David shooting a literal stone. But if we get into the Hebrew, what is stone? Um, in the natural state, used as a pillow. <laughs> and, and then it lists 1 Samuel 17, 40, twice in that verse. It's used as a pillow. So, so think about this. What he's saying here, guys, the, the meaning in these scriptures. 
So when the world is screaming, oh my gosh, if you touch Corona, you might get it. You got to wear a mask. You know, do this, do the, do the correct thing. Do all of this. It's living from the outside, man. It's worry. It's fear. It's being cast down. Our economy may never get back. It might be two years for, I'm hearing all this nonsense. And unfortunately, most of it's coming from Christians. I'm going, what's happening? We're, we're missing all of this stuff. We're supposed to live from the man within, the, the sonship where nothing inside, outside of us defiles us. It's what we believe inside. And if we believe the right thing, we can prosper. We can be whole through all of it. So it goes, how you defeat all of that negative news, those seeming giants, those seeming wallowing around in self-dirt is through five smooth pillows. <laughs> Rest your head and realize that in your inner room, in the secret place of the Most High, is the authority of the risen sun, the authority of sonship. And what I see within, what I picture within, is literally the secret in the kingdom of God, and it's going to come without. Now, I, I'll probably go into some more of the symbolism and, you know, where does it strike? Where does it strike Goliath, the, the Philistine? It strikes him where? It strikes him right here. Well, all these, the, the inner man, the, the pillow, all these things are about the inner man and the head and the cast down mind versus the the idea that he realized he's a son in the father's kingdom. And what does forehead mean, forehead mean in Hebrew? It's this word masuk. And, <coughs> excuse me. I'll probably go through more of that next week. But here's what I want you to know that I know that I know. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop this uh, looking at the scripture here. Here's what I want you to know, guys. Jesus comes and he says, don't worry about anything, little flock. Hey, you might see challenges here. You're going to see things. But be of good cheer because I've given you the secret of the kingdom. I've given you the keys to the kingdom. I'm going to give you the secret of the kingdom of God. What you do within is what's going to happen without. What you bind within is what is going to be bound without. He's telling us over and over and over. The parable of parables. If I could tell you anything that's like this. This is how this is how life harvests is you can plant pictures and stories of what you want your life to look like. Instead of going, oh my gosh, my friends, you know, that that own that business, they could go, oh my gosh, people aren't gonna have money, they're not gonna come, whatever. They just had their greatest month yet. They're hiring people. Because they went in the inner room and go, we're not gonna participate. What we see in the inner man literally is true prayer. And what the father sees me do in the secret place, and as simple as this, guys, it doesn't take any more faith. It doesn't take tongues. It doesn't take Shabbat. It doesn't take, uh, what are all the things that people try to do to get God to bless them? Fast. They try, uh, they try to act good, good behavior. Um, none of that. He goes, what you do within, it's as simple as this. The pictures and the inner words you tell yourself within brings a miraculous harvest. We know not how. That's not your job is to figure it out, but just see it. Like my other friends said, you know what? It didn't seem like anything was happening. Hey, when you initially plant that seed in the garden, uh, Barb and Bear just planted a bunch of things on our deck. They plant potatoes and flowers and all these different things, right? Mm -hmm. What else do you guys plant? Carrots, tomatoes. Now, if you planted carrots, would you be shocked if a potato came up? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But once you plant that carrot, they're pretty expectant. Even though they can't see what's going on, it looks like nothing's happening. But Jesus says, this is the secret of the kingdom. This is the parable of parables. You get to choose life or death. Whatever you plant in your heart, I promise you it'll harvest. So how hard is that, guys, is to overcome all these challenges instead of thinking, oh, my gosh, I got laid off. No money's going to come in. Stop that. Cut that head off right now like David did with Goliath. Stop all that wallowing and self-doubt. Just take that breath and go, you know what? True prayer is what I do within. I'm going to see myself 
not only making the same amount of money as I made, I'm going to see it increasing more and more. And just as you're going to bed and right when you wake up, you're going, you know what, Father, thank you. Thank you for that. That I know that my heart, the miraculous power, the anointing within, the Christ life within is bringing in more money than I've ever had. In fact, I already have it. So I thank you for that. And as I go to sleep, the miracle working power of the life within me is going to bring it to pass. I don't need to know how it's not. I don't need to figure it out, but it will come to pass. That's the truth. That's spirit. That's faith. That's everything that's living from the sun within. Amen. Hope that helps you guys. God bless. Uh, tomorrow night, we'll see a lot of you guys. Sunday, 630 Mountain, 830 Eastern, freedomministries.live. And we'll go through the preface in the first chapter of the Power of Your Subconscious.